0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chief podcast. Touchdown, Chris Jones! I didn't that think that was going to be the open today. <laughs> Well, there, there's a number of guys that you could pick from, folks. Hope you enjoyed that football game. Chiefs are five and zero, having beaten the Jags at home. Uh, there's a ton to talk about on both the positive and the negative side here. There's some things going on. Uh, we have Matt Derrick with us. He's just fresh off the post game. How are you, Matt?
1: I'm hanging in there, man. I am thankfully dry since I got to stay inside all day. You win. That's a big win. That's a big win. Because I'm 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 here right now, actually looking out over the stadium from the press box, and it is pouring once again. So, the timing of this game worked out pretty darn well.
2: Well, let me ask you this: what was the uh, what was the locker room like?
1: Uh you know, it, uh, the part that we were not in there for was jubilant. Uh, they were they were partying pretty good um, before we got in there and everything like that. There was a lot of hooping and hollering. Even when we got in there, they everybody was in a great mood. Don't get me wrong; they were, they were in a great mood, but uh, yeah, when they first got in there, they, they did a little celebrating. I I think it's well deserved, man. After this game,
0: yeah, I got to think so too. To 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 beat the best defense in this league at home, uh, sustaining injuries the whole way, your quarterback, and this is what the first thing that I want to get to: is there a luckier scenario for Patrick Mahomes to make his two first interceptions of the season, to make his mistakes, to to squeeze things into windows that are just a little bit too small? Against the best defense in the league and still end up with a win,
1: it's pretty crazy. I mean, if you had told me that uh, Patrick Mahomes was going to turn the ball over two times today, that would not that would not bode well for this team. But hey, when the other quarterback turns it over four times, you've got a little you got a little leeway.
2: Right, right. <laughs> Wasn't it five? Because didn't he have four ints in a pick or in a fumble?
1: You're probably right. I forgot about the fumble. Oh yeah, me too.
2: Well, and to me, that's the big thing is that you look at what happened. Pat Mahomes throws an interception, and I remember I was watching this coming home from Arkansas, so I'm streaming the game, and he throws that interception, and you're thinking, oh, crap. Okay, so they have the ball on the 40, and the next play, D4 comes around the edge, does a sack, does a sack fumble, and they get 15 extra yards going the other direction. Um, pretty crazy play. Back
1: to back turnovers. Yeah, the back to back turnovers were huge. Um, There were and there were any, and I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs because I think this defense, you know, for the most part, played its behind off today. And I I know they're really happy. I know the coaches are really happy. Um, Andy Reid singled out Bob Sutton's game plan as you know being key to this game. And yeah, they gave up a lot of yards to Bortles and everything. But tell you what, I mean, with the way that you know with those two turnovers that the Chiefs did have. And and, and think hey Doug Marone, some of his decisions played a factor in this too because I'm not sure it was his greatest coaching effort of all time, uh, but they were timely. Was good, what was it three trips inside the ten yard line and no points for the Jaguars? Uh, that's that's huge, man. I mean that, those those three stops that they had are, were huge.
2: Well, yeah, going for it on fourth down I thought was a big. Uh, I mean that basically told me that they thought that they had to put up a lot of points to win this game. And what does that say when you have the best defense in football and you're still trying to attack, trying to chase points?
1: Yeah, I mean, being, being – what was it? it was a, that was still 10 nothing at that point, wasn't it? When they yes, went it was. That? So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, a, that's so early to be chasing points. I mean, uh, to me, you you take the three, and I, I think that sets a, a really different tone for the game for a couple of reasons. One is that the fact that they kept him scoreless there really gave another boost to that Chiefs defense, which – I, I think was a factor, and and then even as the game progresses and everything, I mean, I think that one score played a difference. I mean, it, it, you know, if they were just three points closer there in the second half, I, I think maybe some things unfold a little bit differently. So I, I yeah, I, th- I could not fathom why they decided to go for it at that point because, and and I'm also not sure why in the world if you're going to go for it, why you throw the ball on third and fourth down when they had been running the ball down the Chiefs' throats on that drive. Uh, it, it, I, it boggles the mind. It really
0: did, but you know, on the positive side of this game, I thought two groups stepped up pretty well—the uh, defensive front as as well as the secondary—and all 18 players that had to play today. What what was your biggest takeaway from those groups?
1: I'm I'm absolutely with you. I mean, the pass rush was just absolutely huge to this game. I mean, they they dominated everybody. I mean, you know, good grief, Xavier Williams getting involved with the sack. Um, and they were getting pressure from everywhere, and and that's that's how you beat Jacksonville. I mean, it really is. I mean, you get in you get in Blake Bortles face, and you force him to make plays under duress because that's not his game. I mean, if if you give you know if you give Blake Bortles time, or you give him room to scramble and run, and you get their running game going, ah, he he can beat you. He has beaten people doing that, but you get in his face, and 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 you make him make quick decisions. It does not end. It does not end well. And and that's what they did today. Um, and I'll tell you what. I mean, one. Uh, you know, we do game balls later. I think I might have to give my game ball to Jordan Lucas because uh, we heard his name an awful lot in the second half, filling in. And none of it was bad. Uh, he made made a couple of stops that you know really kept some you know big plays from turning into even bigger plays. Has the interception. Uh, and this is the sixth safety on that team. I mean, that's where they're where they're at safety wise right now. I mean, they're they're just lucky that they signed another safety this week because he, he may have to play next week. Um, right. You know, it's so I I think you're right. I mean, both those groups and, and even some guys, you know, that have been you know, maligned at times, even Orlando Scandrick, he got beat on a play, you know, one bad play today, but he had a couple of big pass breakups. So I, I thought that as a whole, both those groups, the pass rush and, and the secondary both played pretty well today.
0: Well, these are the two stats that, that stand out to me. And it's, it's 25 pressures and 12 passes defensed. And I just don't know which one is more impressive. I like what you said about Lucas, although I think he, he he's facing a pretty mediocre NFL offense that was one-dimensional at that point. But for him to step into that role that so many others have vacated due to injury, uh, do we have any update on anything from uh, Murray or Watts or uh, Justin Houston?
1: Uh, the, the only things we know, we don't have any timelines on any of them. Uh, we do know that Justin Houston was a hamstring. Um, Eric Murray has ended up being an ankle issue. And Armani Watts reaggravated that groin injury that he actually uh, dinged up in practice on Thursday. Uh, it didn't slow him down. I mean, he practiced in full all this week. So it, it didn't slow him, but he did reaggravate that. Obviously, the bigger injury is uh, Laurent DuVernay-Tardif with the broken fibula. He's He's going to be out for a while. They don't think that that injury is season-ending. It's a non-weight-bearing bone in that in the leg. So if he, if he heals up pretty quickly, they feel like they can get him back out there before the end of the season. But he is going to miss some time.
2: Well, do you think it's possible that they put him on IR? Uh, I mean, do you think he's going to be out at least eight weeks, or do you think that it's going to be shorter than that?
1: it's hard to say. I I haven't gotten an exact timeline yet about when it might be. Um, I think the only thing that might even play into their decision-making about whether to put him on IR is, you know, that if you think that Daniel Sorensen is going to be one of your designated return guys, if you do put DuVernay Tardif on there, then you're definitely closing the door on anybody else being able to use that. Um, And they're carrying a lot of linemen right now. So, They actually could, you know, at least for a while. And it would not surprise me at all if they waited some time before they make a decision there because they've got some guys. Um, You know, you've got two guys you've been having active, you know, you got Jordan Devi and Andrew Wiley, one of whom can come in there. Um, Devi came in today when when Duvernay Chardif went down. Andrew Wiley can play that position too. So you've got some guys there. And you've had Austin Reeder and, and Khalil McKenzie who are inactive. So you've got bodies back there. You could. Conceivably, wait some time to see how, how things go otherwise, and if you need to use that IR designation for somebody else. No,
2: I agree with that. I will say, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: You know, ever since we started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on. And the truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you've got to check out My Bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with My Bookie they are the best bet this season. We'd only recommend a service that our listeners can trust has been good to us. That's why we're urging you to check out my bookie. You win and they pay. They've live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Just for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a particular player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match every deposit dollar one for one. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code On when creating your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid.
2: What I wanted to say right before the break is I do think that it's possible they're going that direction. Uh, I would be surprised if they don't try to um, get Wiley in there, although it looks like they like Debbie in that spot uh, as opposed to Wiley. But I will say also this, I think I saw both the plays that Murray got injured on and uh, Watts got injured on. I think Murray just basically just barely tweaked his ankle. I think he's back next week. I could be wrong. Uh, But I do think Watts, uh, I saw him injured on the fourth down play, which I think he came over the top and made a great play on fourth down uh, early in the second half or late, well, mid-second half
1: yeah and, and, you know both those guys were um, listed as questionable to return uh, Murray they did eventually downgrade him in the second half, but um, all three of those guys, including Justin Houston too they, they did tag them as questionable initially, so the fact that you know that they did consider the possibility that all three of those guys could come back into the game before they shut them down. And and field conditions probably played a factor there, um, especially with with Justin Houston. If it's a hamstring. There's really no reason to go ahead and risk him, especially as well as the pass rush was playing. They didn't need him. Uh, they were getting the job done without him. So there was no reason to push it. And and really, they got the same way with with Murray and Watts too. There was there was no reason to push it, uh, given that hey, Jordan Lucas was coming out there and, and balling. And that that helps. And you know,
0: it's good to have all of that. But there's also. Uh, this game was, was chippy all the way across. And, and <laughs> yeah, it, It's great to see the attitude from the defense, but I felt like they got a little out of control. And Chris Jones made probably the play of the game and the bonehead play of the game. So where are you on him in particular and the team's attitude in general?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, because it is a super fine line here, but I will tell you what, and I was talking to some of the Chiefs guys too about this, Handy Reed in that postgame press conference was fired up. And was he happy about the ejections? No. Was he happy about Kareem Hunt, you know, drawing that penalty and and barking a little bit? No. Wasn't happy with any of that. But was he happy that that Jacksonville came in here and his team on both sides of the ball went nose to nose with them and pushed him back and said, no, you're not going to come into our house and push us around? Absolutely. I I think that was the thing that probably to him stands out the biggest in this game is that he's ecstatic with the fact that, This is a team that's been questioned for its toughness. And remember, we made a big deal about this team going out in the offseason and trying to to get some guys that could add some toughness. And this was the game where they said, no, we're not going to be pushed around. This is the biggest, baddest defense in the league coming in here. And and no, we're not going to take your crap. Um, So, you know, even if it resulted in a couple of ejections, I, I think they're okay with it. Um, Not to say that they are really okay with it. I mean, you know, you're going to get from Andy Reid to the whole, you you can't do that thing. Uh, But that's what, I mean, that's what they, the attitude they wanted in this team. They've got it in spades now. So I I think there's actually some good things to be found there. Now, do you want it to go all the way? Do you want it to get to the point where you get guys ejected? Heck no. But do they like that attitude? Absolutely.
2: Well, and what I I will say... I was just going to say real quick, the D Ford ejection, I think, was a little bit of a joke to me. Uh, his first penalty was really a joke. Uh, and the second one, it didn't even look like he was really trying to intimidate Blake Borles on the sideline. He may have stood over him for a second, but it was, I mean, he was on the chief sideline. It wasn't like he got in his face. So I thought those were questionable calls.
1: I I agree on both of those on on D4. I definitely thought that the first one was a little tic-tac. And that was the the general consensus in the press box, too, is that, um, you know, you see a lot of those calls that aren't called. (laughs) So I I was a little bit surprised there. The second one, I, I didn't think it was that bad, although there's a chance that the official heard him say something that we don't know what was said. Maybe that was what put it over. But bottom line, when you've got you, these guys have to know when you've got one personal conduct foul, you you have to just walk away from every one of them. You can't be talking anymore. I mean, that's you've really got to shut it down. And there was a lot of chirping. I mean, uh, these guys, some of these guys on on Chiefs' defense said that this was one of the the chirpiest games that they've ever played in. Um, Jacksonville talked an awful lot, uh, and they kept talking even when they were down. So that's, that's what right. this team does. What? But you got yeah, to walk. I think away. that was what? Once you get that first foul, you just have to shut it down.
2: No, and I agree with that. I guess the thing that bothered me about it was you saw Jalen Ramsey still talking and chirping and going after players. You saw their secondary going after Hill at times, and they never got called for a foul. So that's the thing that frustrated me about it is watching those types of, of penalties get called when at the same time it's like Kansas City uh pushes back after, after something and gets a, a dumb penalty. But, you know, Kansas City... I thought played a good game for the most part. I, th- I think that they showed a lot of toughness in a lot of areas that a lot of people didn't expect them to do. Uh, you would have expected that they were going to have Jacksonville score 25 points.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I think is the, is the really notable thing from this game and everything is that we thought that this was going to be a battle and expected this to be a battle between the Chiefs offense and, and the Jacksonville defense. And, and to me, I mean, I think that the Chiefs offense proved that it's the equal to the Jacksonville defense and maybe a little better. But I think that the bigger differentiation is that, that as, as hard as people have been on the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense is a whole lot better than the Jacksonville offense yeah that 's quite the
0: mismatch, and that 's what came out in the end and I think what it, it bodes well, and I like what you said about that they have this in spades now, and they need that going forward against the Patriots, but they needed to to bolster the entire team because they 're down a lot of guys, and I personally felt like in terms of sparking the defense, I thought d four did a great job of doing that despite the ejection. I thought he kind of got the motor running. Um, what did you see from the guys that ended up having to play after he was gone and Justin Houston was injured? What are we looking at next week?
1: I'll tell you what I, I was pretty impressed today with and Speaks. Um, you know, he he seemed I thought to have made some steps today. I uh, mean, he's obviously got some growing to do. I mean, there there seems there needs to be some more improvement in everything. But I didn't think that he looked as overmatched today as he has at times. So I think that's a positive. Uh, you know, Tano Passaniel got got dinged up, and but he stayed in there, and I, th- I thought he still looked pretty solid and everything. Uh, I think it is encouraging, even though they gave up some garbage yards and some points and everything late to Jacksonville, I think it's very encouraging that they did not see, like, that there was a huge drop-off when, when they had some guys go down and, and some people had to come in and step up. Because I think we have seen before at times that this this defense has had so many depth issues that when they've lost one or two guys – they they don't have the depth to recover, and right now it, it it looks like that this team this defense is is getting better, and that's 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 what you need. I mean, that's what the Chiefs have been banking on is that when this team just has some more time together, they get more experience, they get some guys some reps, they get better communication going. That this defense is going to get better, and today it got better. I think.
0: Well, I like that Speaks got to play forward, which I think he's far better at. I did see him drop a couple of times, but it seemed like they started to limit that for him personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's what he does. I mean, he's he's still you know for for all intents and purposes, he's a defensive end. I mean, he's still learning to be an outside linebacker. So when all they ask him to do is is really just to go after the quarterback and and play that end type role, he, he's, he's, he's good at that. I mean, that's what he's used to. So uh, yeah, I mean, you're still going to have he's still going to have some struggles against the run. And it helped that Jacksonville was was in a you know have a pass mode and had to continue to pass the entire time. Because I think if, you know, hey, if, if it had been in a situation where they could run a little bit more balanced attack, maybe you see if some more of the weaknesses from, from Breedland Speaks. But allowing him just to go out for the passer, he, he, he looks solid in that second half.
2: So Take another quick break, and we'll be right back to wrap up. Are you looking to go check out a Chiefs game next weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars? You need to go check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that can last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. They offer great prices and an easy, easy purchasing experience. With the podcast code locked on, listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more if they are a first time customer of Vivid Seats. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app in a promo code locked on to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% money back guarantee. All right, guys, so we know that there's going to be at least one player that's not going to be playing next week. Uh, and actually, before I get into injuries for next week, I do have to ask one last question to Matt. Did you see anything about Telvin Smith and Sammy Watkins after the game?
1: I heard a little bit, but I didn't get all the gist on that.
2: Okay, Just was curious. Uh, it sounds like they got a little bit of a skirmish after the game, uh, which is a little surprising. Now we know LDT is going to be out next week. Obviously, uh, don't know about Justin Houston, Eric Murray, or um, Armani Watts, but hopefully they can come back. Any other injuries that need to be noted?
1: I, I don't think there's anything else. I mean, like I said, Tano Passignolo, uh did get dinged up at one point. Uh, he did come back into the game. Uh, and Andy reads that other, other other than the four injuries with guys who were out for the game, you know, they were fine, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything. You know, there's maybe some small things. I was curious about how uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to feel after this game because he did take some hits. Uh, there was one where he looked like he was definitely kind of feeling his side a little bit there in the first half. Yep. Um, so th- there's some shots there, but that's and that's going to happen. I mean, you're to the point in the season where your quarterback's going to take some hits, and you just got to roll with it as long as it doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't hurt too bad. You, you're going to be fine. Well, let's get to the good
0: stuff. Players of the game, game balls. Let's let's do that. Who wants to go first?
1: Well, I, hey, I already gave out my game, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I, I'm going to stick with Jordan Lucas. Um, to me, you know, a, a guy who has not played a lot of defense, he's been mostly a special teams guy, his three years in the league, um, just gets here a month ago. I mean, this is not like Ron Parker, who spent five years in the defense and, and comes back in and, and can play. Uh, Lucas is brand new to this whole thing, and he's been trying to pick it up, learn the defense and everything. Um, so, to me, him being able to go out there and, and play as well he's, he did in the second half, uh, I, I think that was pretty big. So, hey, it's he made he, he had the interception too, which is a pretty big play, um, and and it was really it was you, you saw the sideline and everything like that. That that team when he made that play was fired up. I mean, the offense, I think the entire team ran out to greet him in midfield when he returned that ball.
0: Well, I, I thought there were a number of plays that are worthy. I, I thought Pat Mahomes had a beautiful pass. Maybe the the offensive play of the game might have been his pass to Sherman. Yes, folks, I did say Sherman lined up as an H-back. <laughs> um, I thought Chris Jones' play obviously was huge. But the guy that I thought quietly played what I want to give the game ball to is also on defense, and that's Orlando Skandrick. With the pick and four passes broken up, tackled well, I thought the old man showed up and, and brought his veteran presence to this team when they needed it. I'll, I'll uh, back. You
2: to, you, I'm will
1: going to co-sign that. You're, I think you're right. He did.
2: Skater did look good from what I saw. Uh, I will say this. I thought it was an awfully quiet game from Sammy Watkins, six catches, uh, but almost 80 yards. But I'm going to give my game ball to Travis Kelsey. I thought he came up big when the offense needed him. Um, yes, they won by 16 points, but the offense was not great in the second half. Uh, and I thought Kelsey was the cog that really kept it going at times. Uh, although Patrick Mahomes played his worst game, I do think that Kelsey in his athleticism really helped him uh, catching the ball and getting yards downfield.
0: No argument for me. Well, folks, hope you enjoyed it. We did, um, uh, especially just, just personally. I'm, I'm glad that the uh, punt returner got the better of a all-pro cornerback that had a little grudge. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, uh, and, and hope Tyree you enjoyed Kill. that game. Tyreek Hill beat him regularly. Yeah, it was not just one player, or two, folks. Um, but hope you enjoyed it. Hope you finally dried out. Uh, make sure you check out everything for Matt because he's doing good work for you in the locker room, behind the scenes. Matt, thanks for all your time tonight.
1: Absolutely. Great talking to you guys as always. And, folks,
0: we will be back with you tomorrow. More post postgame. Uh, we have a great crossover. Mark Schofield is going to be back uh, talking about the Patriots on Wednesday, so keep your eyes open for that. Thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you then subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Chiefs. Check out my work at RGRFootball on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.